solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, John Some Sports Guy Hickman here with another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Texans sent you their way. You guys know who I opened up the show with. I'm going to go ahead and pass it to my boy, Cody Davis, on the other side. Welcome into the show. What's for... What's for the rundown for today episode? Yes, sir. And on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to dive into what is going on with the Houston Texans run game. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, looking at the latest trade scenario, if you want to call it, regarding Deshaun Watson. And then, of course, we're going to kind of give Laramie Tunsil and the Texans offensive line their flowers after let's say the decent and somewhat surprising performance they have put on to start the season with the exception of the game against the Carolina Panthers, because boy, if you saw that Chicago bears game, yeah, I think it's time for us to actually take a moment and give Laramie Tunsil in this offensive line, their flowers. But speaking of that Chicago's bears game, we're going to open this latest installment of locked on Texans by looking at and comparing Davis Mills' performance to the other rookies who started week three around the NFL. And ladies and gentlemen, for you guys who don't know, Davis Mills was one of five rookies who started week three around the league. And look, I'm not going to get excited. Who was the the five? It was Mills? The five rookies, it was Davis Mills, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. And look... I'm no way in the world of I'm I'm not saying that Davis Mills is the best rookie out of the five, but you have to point out that that guy did have, according to the stats, the best performance out of the five. And I understand maybe it was more so that he really did not have an opportunity to go out there and make some of them some of the mistakes like we saw Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence make in their games because as David Cully alluded to over the last two days that the Texans were protecting Davis Mills. But according to the stats, Davis Mills did have the best performance out of the five quarterbacks. And John, before I pass it off to you and we start looking at what some of the other rookies did, according to Pro Football Focus. Davis Mills ended up having the best quarterback rating amongst the five starting rookies. And I have the numbers right here. Davis Mills, he ended week three with a quarterback rating of 80.9. Matt Jones, he ended the the week with a quarterback rating of 79.1. There, there's a big drop-off. Trevor Lawrence, 60.3. Zach Wilson, 51.6. And Justin Fields, oh my gosh, I can't wait 39.9. Once Interesting again, stat about Justin Fields. I think he had mm-hmm. uh, all, like negative, a negative 28 rushing yards and negative 28 mm-hmm. passing. Like his stats were on the opposite side of the graph. If you remember the graph <laughs> back in elementary, middle school, high school, whatever. Mm-hmm. He was on the left side of that, of that, of that, of that graph. And I, I thought that was just 
mind-boggling. And I can't wait to talk about how the the, the difference between what we have in meals and everybody else. I'm sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, you're good. I was just about done. But I do want to say, once again, I don't want to point this out and say, oh, my God, the Texans have the best rookie quarterback. But it is worth mentioning that when you look at everything – Davis Mills been into. I mean, look, you look at some of these guys, the only guy that was similar to Davis Mills making his first start was Justin Field. You know, um, deals with, Mills was thrown into a situation after Tyrod Taylor got hurt. You know, he had an opportunity to get his feet wet against the Cleveland Browns, but that was only for a half. But you have to take into consideration that this was a rookie quarterback who was drafted in the third round, who was kind of thrown in the fire even a little bit more because unlike his other contemporaries, he, he had a short week. They played on Sundays. They played on Sunday. He was back out on the field again that Thursday. But, you know, kudos to Davis Mills. Hopefully, I don't think he's going to be able to do it this Sunday against Buffalo. But, you know, hopefully he'll be able to carry this on. But it is encouraging to know that out of the five rookie quarterbacks, Davis Mills did have the best performance. Yeah, he does have a a tough task ahead of him on Sunday against the Bills, who put on a great performance Sunday. Let me tell you about the difference between Mills, Jones, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson. Mills, third round. Lawrence, number one overall. Wilson, first round. Uh, Mac Jones, first round. Who am I missing? Fields, first round. All of those are first-round quarterbacks. All of those were quarterbacks drafted to their team with the expectation of being there for the next couple of years right like the expectation for those quarterbacks is extension especially trevor lawrence especially trevor lawrence especially zach wilson right the Jets just moved on from sam Darnold, who they drafted only three or four years ago who's having a very good uh, a resurgent at a resurgence type of season in carolina and i think that's that's what i wanted to point out when i look at what we have here in houston and everybody else Davis Mills is in the better situation right now, expectation-wise. And and like I mentioned, those guys came into the season, and I think Trevor Lawrence may have the biggest expectations of a quarterback since Andrew Luck, right? Andrew Luck was deemed the next best thing. Like, if you pass on Andrew Luck, you're passing on Jordan. You're passing on... Like you're, you know what I mean? Like you're passing on those caliber type of players of what we saw. Andrew Luck worked out for Indy, but I think that's what Trevor Lawrence is. And Trevor Lawrence is going into a situation which I mentioned on Twitter yesterday. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, they're going into situations where their head coach or rookie head coaches in the league. So they're already in a bad situation with those expectations. And both of those offense. Offenses have been built around what the team expects for them to do. You go look at what they did in the draft. They drafted Trevor's Etienne, who, who hasn't got an opportunity to play because of injury. Still got James Robinson. But look at what the Jaguars did in free agency. Brought in Marvin Jones. Got him a solidified 1,000-yard weapon receiver out there, right? Look at what the New York Jets did when I got Corey Davis, who balled last year for Tennessee. So the offenses have been built around those quarterbacks, and that's why it looks bad. Even for Mac Jones, Mac Jones, I'm sorry for the camera issue here. Mac Jones, the Tom Brady replacement, the Tom Brady replacement, and, you know, that's my team. Offside of the Texans, I love the Patriots. 
you know, he's been put in a situation where it's more favorable to him compared to Davis Mills. And to your point, Cody, after being thrown in the fire four days after going into a game against Cleveland, four days later, you take on the best defense in the NFL, had a very good performance, right? And that's because no matter what we in Houston may think about Davis Mills, whether we want to see if he's a future or not, around the National Football League and things that really matter, reality, Davis Mills is going to be under the radar for a while. He's going to be the fifth quarterback mentioned. Why? Who the hell are you? I'm not saying it in the bad way, right? But I remember tweets distinctly saying, who is who, who do we just draft? You don't have that problem with Lawrence Wilson, Fields, Mac Jones. You don't have that problem. You knew who they were. And I think that's why Davis Mills looks better on Sunday or looked better on Thursday compared to the other quarterbacks on Sunday or why for a while we may have this same conversation. His expectations are so low right now, right? Considering Houston's situation, right? We're going to talk about the offensive line later on. I'm going to say this. The offensive line was built for Deshaun Watson. Not really for uh, Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills. So he's playing third fiddle to a quarterback right now. This team was built around having somebody else expecting their quarterback. And I think he had moments on Sunday where, as you alluded to, Cody, he looked like the best. Not, not Sunday, I'm sorry, Thursday. But he looked like the best quarterback during the span of week three. And that's good. That's great confidence for him to have. I'm happy for him. And the reason why we're having this conversation, we would not have this conversation, honestly, or we wouldn't go in depth about it if he was the number 23rd player taken overall. Top 30, top 32. He was number, I don't know, third round. 68. 68. 68. I think it's 68. 68. One of the two. Late 60s. Let's go with that. Late 60s. And for him to be put in this situation, and he's also fighting adversity. I'm not saying that he hasn't fought adversity. The guy has fought that adversity. But for him to be put in that situation and have moments where he looked like he had more of a feel for the game than Trevor Lawrence did. God helped Justin Fields. God helped Zach Wilson, right? And, and Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is in a position where they have to trust him to do more before they open up their playbook. I like it, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. We're not trying to deem him the next best thing. And here, here in Houston, we hope that it turns out to be the case. We're not deeming him that, but give credit where credit is due. He looked better than all the other rookie quarterbacks on Sunday in his game Thursday against the Panthers. Hey, Texan fans, my name is Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. You already know that. We got a relationship. We're friends, right? But I'm here to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB. And get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. You're smarter than that. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB. 
And I also want to transition to tell you about another way you can make you some extra money with BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are getting back on the football field. Week three of the NFL has been electrifying in college football. UT dropped 70 on them boys. And if you would have taken that over under, you would have made some money. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be, excuse me, the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing here with this latest installment of Locked on Texans, John and I want to take a look at and discuss the run game. And, John, listeners, before I got to be honest. That, before we do that, can I say something, Cody? Go ahead, man. I just want to say something real quick. You guys, take time out. Listeners, Texans fans, take time out to kind of remove yourself from the negative right now and appreciate this one thing Houston has been doing for you guys. Cody, I bet you don't even know what I'm about to say because you you, you go to the games for free. (laughs) You go to the games for free. I want you guys to understand this. First and foremost, uh, the the Thursday night football game was the highest watched Thursday night football game in a long time for the NFL. Guess who was featured in that game? A team that you guys pick to lose every game. Some people here hmm. on the network, <clears throat> Jacksonville Jaguars, huh? Indy, Indy, yeah, oh, yeah, Colts, huh? But the fans were, or the last game was like 68,000 or something like that at the stadium. Mm-hmm. And that, that stadium, I think, holds 70 some odd people. Also, appreciate these ticket prices, man. You can go watch some of these games in Houston for cheap, okay. So we all we doing all this complaining about who's on the field, who's not on the field. How about you go, you you go to the field right now. Go buy your ticket, okay? I will be at that Patriot game, man. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Loud and proud. I'm about go ahead. Let's talk about this run game real quick. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Well, speaking of that Patriots game, hopefully by then the Houston Texans could get back to what we saw in that very first game because, John and listeners, if I'm being honest, the number one thing that I've been most disappointed about in this team is the run game. And, look, going into the season, yes, we knew what the situation was. You know, you got Mark Ingram, who has been one of the most productive backs over the last, what, I, I, I guess 10 years now, you know, David Johnson, he's given all this talk and hoorah how, you know, he worked on his body in the offseason and, you know, he just didn't have time last year when he first got here. And then, of course, we was all excited about Philip Lindsay. And now here we are entering the fourth week of the regular season. And, John and listeners, the only time that this run game has been productive was the very first game of the of the regular season against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game in which they rushed for 160 yards on 41 attempts. Since then, this is a team that has only rushed for 124 yards on 45 carries. That's two points. Yeah. That's two point yards per attempt for this organization. And once again, I get it. 
That's Jacksonville versus going up against the Cleveland Browns, going up against the Carolina Panthers. But at the end of the day, if you are going into the season with five running backs, you, you should be doing more in the run game. I'm sorry, Johnny listeners. That's just how I feel, especially knowing, first of all, let me just say this. They have to do something with changing some of these running backs. Philip Lindsay isn't giving this team anything. The same can be said for David Johnson. And I am aggravated and frustrated that we are entering the fourth season. I mean, fourth, the fourth game of the season. And we still have yet to have a Scotty Phillips sighting when he was by far the best running back throughout the preseason. Yeah, man, let me tell you something about this run game. I mentioned how this team was built around, uh, I think, the precedent – of having Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, we, we they brought in James Campton. <clears throat> excuse me. They brought in James Campton, right? And I mentioned this when we talked about the football team with Big Shards on yesterday's show. But James Campton was in Green Bay where they had blocked for Brett Favre for years, over a decade. And the number one priority, you know, even, even how great Aaron Jones has been in his career, even those couple of years, a Lacey had for the Packers, the priority for the Packers have been what? Keeping Aaron Rodgers healthy and upright. And so when we look at this team, I think James Kevin was brought in to fix his offensive line passing-wise in order to give Deshaun Watson more time. And I hate the fact that, you know, even in the midst of this conversation we're having now about the running backs, Deshaun Watson have to come up. But what I'm saying is that hasn't translated over to the running attack. They've been doing a very – Good job of keeping these quarterbacks upright. A very good job. Uh, two sacks in the first two games, and then, of course, a take on the Panthers, where you're playing the best defense. They came in that game with 10 sacks already. But as far as running the ball, the issue has been no push at the second level. And as good as I believe that Titus Howard has been pass blocking, it's been the opposite running the ball. Okay. I also believe that Marcus Cannon is in a situation where do you do you flirt with the idea of sliding him down and starting Charlie Heck at right tackle to give you a better opportunity to run the ball? Charlie Heck has some athletic moments in the preseason when they wanted him to get out on that edge and create space for the running backs. And the running back at that time primarily was Scotty Phillips, who needs to get some more burn. Right? Yes, sir. But, but I think but I think Houston's issue has been not been able to get to that second level. The initial contact at the line, okay, boom. After that, it's been non-existent. You're not going to win games when you're not allowing running backs to get into space. And Mark Ingram, you know, we talked about it in the preseason when he got signed and his age may have been a factor. I don't think it's been his age. I think Mark Ingram has been the clear-cut best running back on this team. He's also the oldest running back on this team, which says a lot about his effort his heart, and what he wants to do for David Cutler, who he raves about all the time, right? But they're just not getting it done, man. They're not getting it done. And we can agree that the Philip Lindsay experiment, I'm on record by saying I thought Philip Lindsay, who was the younger back, had a couple of thousand-yard receiving, I'm sorry, uh, rushing seasons in, in Denver. You know, I'm on record by saying that he should have started the season as the number one running back. But there's also things that we never see. Only you guys see. Only I see on the occasion. But only you guys saw at practice, OTAs, training camp, that he's not getting it done. 
But he he looked good, you know, OTAs in practice, just not transitioning over into, transitioning you know, lights of rank. And by the way, I also want to mention, since we're talking about him in OTAs and um, training camp, he really didn't look good in preseason either, if we're being 100% realistic about this. No, he, he has not. And, and that kind of, you know, we're looking at maybe Houston wanted to go those first couple of games with a proven running back because those first couple of games, Scotty Phillips, was inactive. He was finally active for week three's matchup against the Panthers, just didn't see the field. I think after the first collective film that Houston has of their franchise right now, after the first three games, it's okay if you say, just like you did with Shaq Lawson, you're not working out right now. And Phillip Lindsay is a team, he has a team-friendly contract, I think worth up to $2.5 million. If you want to keep him around, fine and Danny injuries happen. But I think you do give the young kid and Scotty Phillips a shot. I think you see what he can do. Maybe a change of pace back. Maybe a hungrier back. Somebody who wants to get their first NFL touchdown. Who knows? But it's not working. But no running back is going to have success if Houston doesn't start creating a push at that second level. If they don't start hitting those linebackers before those linebackers crash downhill, nobody's going to win. And they got to fix that. And they got to fix that ASAP because for the next four games, three, four games, do we really want to have the entirety of the game hanging on the balance of Davis Mills' arm? I don't think so. And, I don't think so. And, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's, it's, it's a realistic possibility because on yesterday we had an opportunity to ask David Cully, how is Tyrod Taylor coming on, coming along? Is there a timetable? And he said, as of right now, there's no timetable on whether or not Tyrod Taylor will be back. I actually saw him walking in the hallway of NRG stadium, leaving practice. I, and I asked him, you know, how he was feeling. Of course he said he was feeling fine, but you know, he's, he's not going to give, you know, I don't feel, I feel terrible, blah, 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 that type of stuff. But I just wanted to point that out, John, to your point, because you know, these next four games, there are against some of, if not the best defensive teams that the Texans are going to have to go against and they're going to need to find a way whether that's the offensive line creating that second push as you mentioned or just having a a better production from the backfield they're going to have to rely on this running game in hopes of winning some of these games because John to your point as you mentioned you don't want to have to rely on Davis Mills who is a rookie quarterback absolutely absolutely not and before we get on, I think that's a great challenge for this team. Excuse me. They face adversity. You know, it comes with the game. Injuries, uh, coaching changes, players in and out, uh, the biggest one being number four. But that's a big challenge for this team. We talked about it, uh, how having that time off in between games from this past Thursday, they won't play again until Sunday. So they got a couple of extra days to kind of figure out what can they do to – have a better opportunity at winning at that second level. And they got some athletic offensive linemen. I just how they're gonna use them is the question. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto store to carry everything you need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. 
Sony 216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and see the parts you need for your car or truck. Don't forget to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the Houston Texans doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Before we get out of here for today's episode, Cody, I think it's very important for us to look at the rumors. Look at all Is it rumors. important? Is it important? (laughs) You know it's important, man. We got to talk about Deshaun Watson, number four. You know we got to. The rumors are the Texans are now softening their stance a little bit on what they will accept back for Deshaun Watson. And uh, me personally, Cody, and guys, we had a conversation before the show, so Cody will go ahead and get more uh, technical about it. But for me, personal, personal, Cody, I, I think this is made up. I think this is a, another. I, I think Deshaun Watson's camp is now trying to work hard after failing to work for some time, right? Hmm. But I believe they're putting these stories out. I could be wrong, of course, but the Texans softening their stance. I, what reason do they have to do it now? Exactly. Um, and, and, and here's why I think this is – it doesn't make sense. Okay, well, maybe Miami wants to uh, go ahead and really make that trade for Deshaun. Why would they – why would the Texans hold back now when, you know, you guys need them, right? Like Jacoby Brissett did everything he could do on Sunday against the Raiders. That was a phenomenal game, by the way. But you guys need Deshaun Watson. And when you are in a need, when you need something, you're gonna give it up, whatever you gotta give up to get it. So why would they why would they get soft now? I'm not buying that at all. Hmm. Unless they send him to Detroit. <laughs> the uh the uh what, what is that? The the wastelands of the NFL right now, purgatory. Mm-hmm. But I like I said, guys, Cody has more on that. Cody, what's going on with those rumors? Yeah, look, I, I spoke to I, I spoke to a source and um I can like I, I hate saying I could confirm, but you know, I spoke to a very reliable source and um they told me that this is his camp just putting this out here to try to force a trade. Um at the end of the day, as you mentioned, the Texans have no reason to soften up their quote unquote asking price for Deshaun because it really don't make no sense, especially after the fact that you held on to Deshaun for this long in hopes of getting back what you want for Deshaun. Because, you know, as we say here, every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, every time we talk about this Deshaun Watson situation, we always say at the end of the day, regardless of what is going on off the field, we know Deshaun Watson's value on the field. And that deserved the, what, six draft picks and two players or whatever Nick Casario is asking for. He is worth that. Um, So, look, this is Deshaun Watson's camp. Just putting this out out there. 
basically just to keep the rumors that Deshaun Watson is still out on the market available for a trade. But as we say here, every time we talk about this Deshaun Watson situation, do not expect nothing. We could be wrong, but do not expect nothing until the end of the season. Now, flipping the page over to um, why Deshaun Watson, why we thought Deshaun Watson was going to be a part of the Houston Texans for an extremely long time, the offensive line. And guys, if you saw what Chicago did to Justin Fields, I think we all the, need what to, the Browns did to Justin. Well, Fields. the Browns did to and the, Justin. And what the Bears allowed to happen. To <laughs> exactly. Like, they played a part in it too. I, I just thought it was important for us just to take some time and kind of give Laramie Tunsil his flowers because, you know, looking at Justin Fields get sacked, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, but nine times. That just did not make any type of sense. And I kind of felt bad for the guy because I remember, you know, speaking half of Deshaun of Watson. Miles uh, Gary, by the way. Exactly. Half was by Miles Gary. And I, it just brought me back to Deshaun Watson's um, second year in the league when I believe he ended up being the most at quarterback. And, you know, we just got to appreciate what the Texans did, trying to go out there and get him some help, you know, drafting Titus Howard, making that trade, regardless how you feel about it making that trade for Laramie Tunsil. And even though Deshaun isn't reaping the benefit of the much-improved offensive line, we can see that it's beneficial to Tyrod Taylor. You know, we can see that it's been being beneficial to um, Davis Mills. And a big part of the Texans enhancing their offensive line over the year years has been Titus Howard. And, look, once again, to allow your quarterback to get sacked nine times – that just doesn't make no type of sense. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. What can I? What else can I say? Nine times. Nine. Nine times. And I think that's why we need a, an appreciation. This is a, this. When we send this out, this will be the appreciation post because. <laughs> okay, Houston takes on Cleveland. And the only sack they gave up that game was to Grant Delpit, who came off a safety blitz on the edge. And, and, and then, you know, Davis Mills and, you know, whatever. How we feel Mark Scanner, Davis Mills, whatever. No, I, I, since you brought that up, I do want to say that I agree. I went back and, you know, watched him feel Davis Mills should have. And I'm pretty sure he will with time, but he should have yeah. been able to pick up that blitz. Yeah. And then go out. And, and I think, given that, given everything Carolina has talent-wise, they gave up three sacks, but three compared to five that the first two teams allowed, that's a step in the right direction. But what I saw out of Miles Garrett, Davion Clowney, Malik Jackson, and them boys on Sunday, I said, well, okay, hold on now. Houston has a lot of Put on negative makeup, right? This is bad. This is bad. This is not going the right way. This is whatever the case, how you want to put it up. But can we just sit back and say, Miles Garrett was another factor when we played him. Hmm. And he and he had a whole half of going against a rookie quarterback. Okay. Jadavion Clowney has, in that game at least, was everything he had been in the last couple of years. A non-factor. 
Casper at times. Where have you been? Malik Jackson, who who dominated interior for a while, he was a non-factor for them boys, man. And they went out and got nine against Chicago. So for the longest, Houston had the worst offensive line in the league outside of the Arizona, Seahawks, Seattle. Right, Houston was always a top five of the worst offensive lines in the league. But the first year since 2017 of not blocking for number four, right now you have one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in the league. And that 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 shows progression of this franchise, I think. I, I think so. So kudos to them boys, man. Laramie Tunsil, gifted. Him and him and Miles Garrett kind of traded shots a little bit on Twitter. Miles Garrett mentioned how many times he's getting chip blocked. And Laramie was like, hey, yo, go watch that tape, man. You wasn't always chip blocking. When you wasn't chip blocked, I had you one-on-one. You still ain't doing nothing. So shout out to them boys, man. Just keep on getting better. Just keep on getting better doing your job. And give these, these, these suits in the front office, get a GM, scouts. Give them a reason to say, well, I don't really think this is the point of emphasis going into next year's draft. I'm John Soul Sports Guy. Hey, look at Cody, y'all. He's getting ready for the Rockets right now. Getting ready for them Rockets, the hardest working man. I'm John Soul Sports Guy Hickman with the Locked On Texas podcast. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Take time out to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas. Guys, we have over 1,300 followers on our Twitter page. We need some of you guys to go ahead and follow us, subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. Locked on Texas podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Really quick, I wasn't doing anything with the Rockets, John. I was actually taking a look at Jadavion Clowney's um, game log. He ended that game on yesterday with two sacks. That was the first time he had double-digit sacks in a game since his time as a member of the Houston Texans. Love us or hate us, man. We be we give y'all good players. I think JJ had a sack on Sunday too, did he? Uh, I'm not sure. I gotta go back and take a look at the stats, but I'm not sure. Who cares what JJ does? <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.